0: Hello my fellow Extraordinary Americans, my name is Cosmos Dhar and this is Extraordinary America. What is Extraordinary America? Well, you see, America has always been about freedom, opportunity, and the pursuit of happiness. However, most Americans are not free when it comes to the financial front. Most Americans are suffering from financial slavery due to loss of jobs, stagnant wages, inflation, and debt. Wealth and income inequality is the norm now, and the middle class has all but disappeared. So Extraordinary America is about the abolition of financial slavery. It is about the financial freedom of the 99%. It is about the nation of immigrants and the descendant of immigrants restoring the extraordinary within themselves and setting themselves free. The path to financial freedom is through financialist education. It is to becoming entrepreneurs and investors on the light side. In this podcast, I interview fellow Americans who fought against the odds. Many of them came from humble beginnings to see how they did it. It is my hope through these interviews that the extraordinary within you shall awaken and that you will abolish financial slavery from your life and realize the American dream. Once again, welcome to Extraordinary America. Welcome back to the show, my fellow Extraordinary Americans. Today, we have our guest, Cynthia Davis. During her career spanning for more than 30 years, Cynthia has reached the highest levels of leadership at some of the most highly respected organizations, such as General Electric, Lockheed Martin, and Raytheon. Along the way, she led, lived, and experienced the many highs and lows of corporate existence, from massive growth to mergers and acquisitions, to business restructuring, and all of that. Today, Cynthia has co-created one of the most unconventional and successful consulting, training, and business advisory firms called Radiant Blue LLC. As a highly sought after executive advisor, she works with entrepreneurs and business leaders and is extraordinary and revolutionary in navigating the challenges of business growth, personal and business transitions, and readying their teams for mission success. She also founded Incremental Monumental Change, which helps work with entrepreneurs and leaders committed to business and personal mastery and transcending the status quo. I believe that she's a perfect guest for the show because she's got a pioneering, innovative, and entrepreneurial spirit that made America extraordinary in the first place. Well, Cynthia, are you there?
1: I am, Cosmo, thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for that amazing introduction.
0: Yeah, thank you for coming to the show. Um, uh, How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great and It's just, it's a pleasure to be here and be able to spend uh, 30 minutes or so with you and talk about something that's actually near and dear to my heart. And that's about America and the spirit of America.
0: No, yeah, totally. So Cynthia, uh, I know that you're an entrepreneur, really successful entrepreneur, uh, advisor, and uh, a consultant. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background, how you got started and all of that, a little bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Now, how far back should we go?
0: (laughs) Whatever you want.
1: So I'm going to tell you, um, I had just a beautiful, amazing childhood and, you know, not even recognizing things that we didn't have because we had a lot of love in our family, which I thought was really amazing to be able to grow up in that environment. And, but one thing that we did have was some rules and regulations that say to be successful, this is what it looks like. And it's you go to school, you get good grades, you go to college, you get good grades, you get a job, you stay in that job for 30 years. And you know, you follow the pattern of what was deemed successful. And so I gotta tell you, Cosmo, I did that really well. And I followed all the rules and I went to um, my education, by way of education was systems engineering, computer science, and I really thought that was gonna get me an amazing job, which it did. And I got my amazing job. And as I worked in this corporate America, which was a beautiful environment to be in, and I had so many uh, great experiences and lessons, I always felt there was something else that I was longing for. And what I realized was I really was more of an entrepreneur and I had that entrepreneur spirit and I needed to be able to express myself in ways that the constructs of the corporate world wasn't going to really do for me. So while I had this amazing career that I heard in your introduction that you shared with folks, um, I couldn't have asked for anything better from learning and the skills that I learned, but yet it was also something that was confining for me in a lot of ways. And so um, even though I reached the highest levels of the company and I did really well, and it was not that I was unhappy, I just didn't feel fulfilled until I actually decided to take the plunge, follow my heart. And follow that entrepreneurial spirit and start my own business.
0: That's awesome. So, Cynthia, what is the overall arching goal and vision with regards to your career and like your life in general uh, when it came to all of that over the years?
1: Yeah, you know, um, everything that I learned in business has served me so well when I decided to, to start my own firm. But I think what was more important not was not the intellectual knowledge as much as it was the passion of what I really wanted to do, so I could you know i mean I was very successful from a you know um having having the home, having the boat, having the cars, having the trips, having the family, having the two kids and and the dog right, but the idea of having all that and acquiring all that still left me with the idea that there was something else that that I wanted to experience in life, that I wanted to share in life, and that I wanted to learn from myself. And that was more on the side of what I would call fulfillment and really feeling fulfilled. And what what really drove me was working with other people. What really drove me was being able to uh, share what I learned with other people, helping other people become successful in what they wanted to do. So when I left the corporate world and I started um, the management consulting firm, um, we were really very successful in going into businesses and working with business leaders and entrepreneurs in helping them build their business and helping them think about the strategy of their company. And then it also led me to working with those business executives or entrepreneurs one-on-one or developing training and programs that we could bring into the the business environment or working with those entrepreneurs one-on-one that helped them also learn what I ended up experiencing for myself. And that was how do you balance the drive for um, setting goals and achieving goals and having a vision and wanting to do something amazing and making an impact, how do you balance that with this sense of fulfillment and life and freedom and happiness and being able to have both, right? Can you have both? And the answer is yes, you can. And in doing that, that's kind of where I came through the idea of what I now call incremental monumental change is we should be able to live our life like that. We should be able to live our life in the pursuit of happiness and freedom and also enjoy a sense of prosperity and wealth in our life. Right. And so that's when I actually started, you know, referring to what I was doing, the work I was doing with entrepreneurs called incremental, monumental change. And so I can share a little bit about that as we get on in the interview, if you'd like.
0: Yeah. I'm definitely going to ask that later on, you know, for sure. Um, so, Cynthia. You know a lot of people when they're do, when they're starting their own company or their LLC, they go through the sense of like what if I fail they have the sense of like okay uh like what if like what if I do this business and I fail and all that stuff so, like they all want to do it, but there's a large percentage of people that think that they can't do it or they have like negativity surrounding it uh or what was what was your thought process when you started your your l l c
1: Oh my goodness, I had that same thought process literally right so Imagine, right, I'm running pretty big businesses in corporate America, so I had a staff, I had assistants, I had the support structure, and, you know, I had everything I needed to really run a very successful business. And when I left, people looked at me and thought I was crazy. Like, how could you leave all of that, right, and go start your own business? And to me, it was like, that was an illusion of security. (laughs) It wasn't freedom. And so when I stepped out of that, though, I remember for the first several months, I was just um, literally I'd look to the left. I'd look to the right. There was no one there. It was just me. Right. So if this business, if this firm, this consulting firm that I was starting was going to be successful, I actually needed to get my head wrapped around about what I was going to do and how I was going to do it, because it was, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, where's my staff? (laughs) That life was over. Right. So. I did go through that, and I did go through. Um, oh my gosh, did I did I make a mistake? Was that <clears throat> was that a safer environment than where I am now? And it took me a few months to wrap my head around everything that I had learned and read, and just do in my heart that I had a passion to go do. Here's what I really thought, Cosmo. I said to myself, you know, if I had it in my heart, isn't to be an entrepreneur, to have my own business, to be able to define life on my terms the way I wanted to, then I couldn't believe in a power greater than myself that would give me that desire and not give me the wherewithal to actually accomplish them. Mm -hmm. And so when I stepped into that and said, I'm going to start trusting myself more than I ever have and start really finding the resources that could support me in what I was about to go do, um, that fear started to diminish. And the more I moved into action, the more it diminished and the more I actually started to step into the the passion that I had for the work I wanted to do with people, it became less about accomplishing so many things and more about feeling so good about what I was doing and the things and 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 all of the things that I thought I was giving up they showed up tenfold. Yeah.
0: You know, in the in the interviews that I had there's always a common theme of like trusting and believing in yourself and I'm noticing this pattern like of people like of successful people saying the same thing like they end up having to believe in themselves, they're passionate about what they did. So, yeah, I'm hearing this from you as well. So, it's a, it's a common pattern that we notice, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah. And I, I actually call it incremental, the reason I call it incremental monumental change, right? IMC. It's really, it's a way of being in the world as a leader that um, empowers you to trust yourself. It, it empowers you to move with confidence and to move with certainty and even to be certain in a very uncertain world, right? And to, to know that you have within you the elements to be greater than the circumstances in your life. And that's what we have to learn to draw from. And so it's really a philosophy, and, and when I'm working with um, entrepreneurs or I'm working with business leaders, it's it's a philosophy that turns a lot of the traditional strategy beliefs on their head, and really starts to recognize that there's an intuition, a higher level intuition, that is a tremendous asset for us. And when we can really tune into that and use that as part of our guiding light of how we direct our life, then we can move from moment to moment, day by day, trusting, trusting that we're making the wisest choices and the direction of our vision.
0: Totally. Yeah. So what was the biggest lesson you learned during your career over the years?
1: I would have to say, I mean, there was a lot of them, but I think the one that stands out for me the most were the people that showed up in my life and the people that I sought out in my life. You know, it's interesting, I've heard like, um, People around you, they're going to support your belief system, even if those are limiting beliefs. And so who you hang around with and who you seek out as advisors is so important, right? It's always like, I mean, I'm sure a number of people have heard, you know, look at the five people who you spend the most time with. I
0: was going to say the the same thing. Like, yeah, uh, you are the five people you hang out with the most, you know?
1: That is so true. It is so true. And it goes even further than that. It goes to finding the peer group and the advisors who are already moving in the direction of where you want to go or who already have demonstrated success in the direction of where you want to go and, and being almost fearless and asking you know, for help. Hey, I don't know this. Here's what I'm looking for. Um, how, you know, uh, and, and being able to surround yourself with with really terrific people who are going to be able to, because if they've already experienced it and achieved it, I think one of the highest honors that people with values want to do is share what they've learned with others. And and that's another piece of IMC. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I really have a passion for and a vision is I want us to start rethinking and recasting the definition that we have for the top 1%. So we talked about the top 1% as the people who have all this money and success in the world. And I'm saying, you know, I want to rethink that. I think it's that, I think recasting it to um, look at our role models and shifting the idea of the top 1% as those people who have, yeah, they have wealth, they have success, they have influence, but more, empower, more importantly, they're empowering and they're giving to others, right? So, so it's a value system and a a. A measurement, perhaps, of of wealth, but those people that have those great power, the great resources, and in that great power, they should be using that knowledge and that money and that influence and that wisdom in ways that uplift and empower others and uplift humanity. And it starts with our own communities. And so, when I think about <clears throat> when I think about going out and looking at the peers and the people who you hang out with, those are the kind of people I chose to hang out with.
0: No, I totally agree I- with to you. It's just that in today's world, we have a perception that the one percenters are greedy or this, that, or like they're just like evil or something like that. And like, it's not true, you know, like there's good people and there's bad people in everything. And you're right. We have to redefine that idea altogether.
1: I want to recast it. I want to redefine. It. I want our role models to be those, not just who, who have acquired, uh, you know, a mass amount of financial fortunes but they also have a value system that goes with it. And, and that value system to me, like I said, it's one of, it's, it's uplifting, right? It's an uplifting one. It's like, you know, Oh my gosh, let me put, reach down and take your hand and pull you up because you have the same values I do. And, and I see, you know, and you've got a vision that's big and you've got a vision that's bigger than you that wants to help uplift humanity. Right. And so to me, those people are everywhere. When you start putting your eyes um. And your mindset on looking for them you'll find them
0: no i'm loving it yeah it's totally true um so what was the biggest challenge you had to face over your 30 years uh, in in your career and how did you overcome it
1: so early in my career actually two different problems in my career because i kind of had two different places right so early in my career when i i stepped out of out of my, um, education system and went right into the corporate world. Um, I went into an industry called aerospace and defense. And back then aerospace and defense was not a very, um, diverse organization. The business was, um, you know, it was a, it was really a, um, as compared to today, very few women in the business, very little diversity in the business. And here I was, um, I, you know, I I sat in a cubicle for all of about three or four months. And I said, this is not for me. I want to be running a business. (laughs) You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I want to run a business. I want to make things better. I want to make an impact. Well, that wasn't really, those doors weren't readily open. I had to go help open those doors, not only for myself, but then for other women that started coming into industry. And so I would say going through, I mean, you know, I was, Running manufacturing organization where women didn't do that. I ran um, all of the international business development for a division of a of one of these large defense contractors that a woman had never done that before. And so I was kind of breaking all the rules. I was really an anomaly. And and I think had I not had you know been working on my inner game all along, right? I hadn't been really. Studying the works of these amazing people and leaders and visionaries, and recognizing that I had an affinity with them more than I did the constriction of the of the corporate construct, um, I probably wouldn't have been able to be that pioneer in that industry. But I was definitely, you know, a pioneer for myself as well as other women. When I left the industry, the biggest challenge for me was, okay, I'm starting my own business. But I had to shift from being the operator in my own business to being the owner, because a, when I started it, I was the only one doing all the work. I was if I, did, if I got sick and didn't go to work, all of a sudden I wasn't getting paid. That's an operator. That was, you know, as I sometimes say, whether right, you're working in your business or are you working on your business. And I had to come up with a strategy for my company and my firm that took me out of the place so that I could actually be the business owner. And not and not be the business operator, and that was a big shift. And I I needed you know I had I needed support from others who had made that cross that you know that chasm, if you will, to go to that place. Because other other than that, I just bought myself a high high paying job, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And so I had to really cross that chasm and say, no, what I really want to do is be owning a business and. And maybe owning two or three businesses, which I do today. Um, But I had to make that not only the mental switch, which was the easy part, it was the fundamental now learning the skills I needed to do that. And that's where, again, who I hung around with, with people who had already done that. And they showed me how to do it, what I needed to do. They helped me with my strategy as I said, hey, let's get on the, You know, can, can I bounce my ideas off of you? And I had great advisors to help me move through that. But, and, and I, you know, the sooner, the sooner I was making that transition, the more I actually found better balance in, yep, I was still doing, the business was coming in, but I had balance in my life, which I call fulfillment. And that together, let me really experience more of the freedom I was looking for and why I actually left the corporate world in the first place.
0: No. Yeah, totally. So, you know, so you're, um, so a lot of women, there's a there's a rise in female entrepreneurship now in today's world, right? But there's a lot of women, uh, women out there that want to do entrepreneurship. They want to do their own business. They want to become financially independent, but they have a lot of mental block and they don't think that they can survive in male-dominated fields. But like you are an inspiration, like you have managed to become. Uh, like be in a male dominated uh, industry and you have somehow succeeded. What advice would you give to women entrepreneurs out there or uh, like women that want to do entrepreneurship in male dominated fields and want to succeed there? And what should their thought processes be?
1: And that's a great question. And I would say um, probably two things I would point out first. And um, and this actually goes for everyone. But as a female out there, um There's a saying, it goes like this, right? What you believe to be true is going to be true for you. Yes? So if I have a belief system, the way this universe operates is my belief system and my brain is going to go out and find evidence that what I believe to be true is true. If I believe there's a glass ceiling, I will run into situations repeatedly where I have a glass ceiling experience. Totally. Because it's a belief system. Yes. So the one thing I'd say is check out your belief system. If you believe you, there's a glass ceiling, if you believe it's going to be a difficult environment, if it's going to be, you always have a choice, right? You can shift the belief and that might shift the circumstance, or you can shift the beliefs and you will end up cha- be cha- change your own circumstance. Right. So if you're in an environment where it's, you know, you can't see your way through to get to, you know, another level or to another area or whatever, shift the belief system about that being a block and one or two things will happen. The block will be eliminated in that environment or the environment, you will end up changing your environment to where that's no longer true. Because again, what you believe to be true is what your experience is going to be. And it's, it, it will shift one way or the other. The second piece, I would say, and this was something that I, I heard this um, years ago and it just like made such an impact of how I actually live my life. And it's, it says the best way to predict the future is to create it. Love that. And it goes hand in hand, Cosmo, with your belief system, right? Yeah. So the best way to predict the future is to create it. If I have a vision and I'm focused and tuned in to what it is that I'm creating, then you start to have um more certainty in where you're going with life. You start to have more confidence in where you're going with life. You're not looking at external factors to help your success or help, you know, necessarily. Right? You're just you're looking at it from um how is, it, what is it that, how do I make the wisest decision moment to moment, day by day in the direction of that vision? Mm-hmm. And that's what it is that you want to create. So I use this a lot with um, business leaders and entrepreneurs when we're working on, on their business strategy. And here's the thing, right? So for visionaries who they've led, um, they've built businesses, they've had very successful businesses. Um, The same old status quo strategies that that we used to use only will take you so far. Why? Because they're based on the past. We have such an uncertain future, right? right? So if you're really hungry to move away from those old retread kind of old business strategies that we've all, you know, where's my competitor? What happened in the last five years? Who's doing what? Then what you're doing is you're trying to predict the future based on the past. Mm-hmm. So IMC, we support all, a whole new concept of and leaders who really envision the future and who know that they have the ability to pre- to to create the future and really rethink all the limitations of the so-called strategic planning processes and so we take them through a process where they can actually bring more certainty into the uncertain world because They're actually creating what they want to experience. They're actually aligning themselves with what they want to experience. Mm -hmm. And they're actually accessing a higher power, a higher level of intuition to move them in the direction of that experience and that vision.
0: Nice. So, Cynthia, uh, what is the one thing you wish you had known? Uh, before you started your career, uh, before you started your career, especially when you, before you started Radiant Blue LLC, and what advice would you give somebody that's uh, that's going to be uh, starting off in your field and they don't know uh, they don't know where to begin?
1: Well, I would say get very very clear um, what it is that you want to experience what it is that you want to create what is the vision and what's really what moves you passionately to get up every day and take action toward that right or take action in the direction of that so clarity so so many people will say well I just don't know what I want to do and there's there's lots of ways to help go ferret that out and figure that out. And I would highly recommend that that, that be something that you spend some time doing. It's somewhat introspective, but really find out what inspires you, right? So the word inspire, you know, right, comes from, from spirit, right? It's, it's so, what is it that you get excited about? What inspires you? and keeps you mo- would keep you motivated through the ups and downs and the twists and turns of what you're about to experience. <clears <Like> <clears
0: one, <throat> one of the common things I do notice when I'm interviewing people is uh, clarity of vision combined with doing your why and also the passion for doing the work. Every most successful people, I think every successful person I've ever met, like they've always had these common traits. So it's yeah. interesting that you're saying that.
1: And clarity is so important. It's one of the things that you know, I talk about <clears throat> a higher level of.
0: uh I think. Uh...
1: More stuff, more stuff. They want so much better. They want to experience life to its fullness and, and be able to get back to its fullness. And so for people who are really feel nudged towards something bigger than themselves, maybe a cause, maybe a mission. Um, yeah. They have to really get clear on that it, it, to be able to have that as kind of the safe harbor to keep them going in, in times of, of drought, in times of floods, in times of, right, in all the kinds of things that we tend to go through. You want to have such a clarity of what that mission or that vision is for yourself.
0: No, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, Cynthia, you know, they say America is the land of the free and the place where dreams are made. Do you agree or disagree with that?
1: No, oh, my goodness. Um, first of all, I think that um, it's a privilege to be in America. I told you I I ran an international business development organization for a large defense contracting group. And so I traveled all over the world. And I would tell you, every time I came back to the United States, there was a, a, a peace that came over me. There was a energy that you know, about the country, about what it stood for. And there was always an appreciation and gratitude when I landed back in the United States. And so, yes, I mean, I think for, um, many of us, um, some of the things that we've done in our businesses, the opportunities may not have been here, been there to do that in another country to the extent that they are here in the United States.
0: No, totally. Yeah. I, I, I've noticed this myself, like whenever uh like regards to like American freedom like at least on the business front like you are free to do business and you have more opportunities over here than anywhere else in the world that I've seen, you know, so yeah. at least at least for me personally like that's what I realized uh in other places there's so much restrictions there's so many bureaucra- there's bureaucracy and everything, so yeah so what do you think is the biggest hurdle that Americans face when it comes to realizing the American dream, and uh, what should they do to overcome it?
1: So I think that, um, in my observation, is it, there's a there can be a a sense of um, an illusion of security. I call it an illusion of security and complacency, because. In America, unlike some countries, um, you know, we, for the most part, we can get fresh water. For the most part, we can find food. So for the most part, right, I mean, we don't live in in America where um, there aren't, there isn't the ability to um, be able to, in some way, shape or form, take care of your family at some level, as to the degree that there is in some other countries. And so the idea that if I don't do, if I don't go after that dream, I'll still be okay. If I don't push myself to start that business that I've had on my heart to go do, um, I'll still be okay. Mm -hmm. Same with me. If I don't leave corporate America and if I play it out and do my 30 years like everybody said I should do and get my pension and then leave the company, I'd be okay. Life wouldn't be so bad. What would be wrong with that? But I always would say to the same, you know, who said, right. I'm, who, I don't want to, I don't want to die with my music still in me. I had something I wanted to go do and live and experience. Right. And so I think at various degrees, it's very easy to Give up on your dream because there's like um, you'll be okay, the complacency can set in, and I think that 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 and, and there's an illusion of of what I call security, like even in business, well I have a job if i if I'm not in this job and I want to go start a business, um, you know and my business doesn't go so well, what will happen well we we think there's security in that job, and yet I can tell you. I've been through so many mergers, acquisitions, downsizing, job elimination, fired, hired. Wow. the Security in that. There was no security.
0: I right. mean, I was, I was gonna say like right now, like job security is at one of like the lowest points, you know, like you could lose your, Uh, and before back in the day, there was this thing called uh, uh, job loyalty. You know, you could have worked with the company and then they would just treat you like family. But uh, now that's not the case. It's it's like a rootless kind of it's a rootless world out there.
1: Right. That was that was you know my dad's generation, and that's why he always right. My parents and uncles and aunts would all say, Oh, you you're so lucky. Right. You go get your job and stay in the job for thirty years, and then after thirty years, I'll get my watch, and and maybe I'd get you know my my uh, social security and pension, and, and you know, and and we think that that is security because someone else is taken care of us. And that's, it's, it's not. And I think, you know, we, we, we have the ability in America to, if we recognize that for ourselves to do something about it. So I can always say, you know, I had a fabulous career. I wasn't unhappy, but I was not fulfilled. I could have spent all my time and, and, you know, retired and got the watch and, you know, and really, that's all their are to light? right? No, there's so much more. And I think, again, you know, you talk about America and freedom and, you know, I, to me, individual freedom is so important. And being able to create a life on our own terms and then be able to give back and lift up others that may need that on it. To me, that's what it's about. That's what it's about.
0: No, I totally agree. Um, but like, uh, I think on the financial front, that's just uh, there's been like, I mean, that's the reason why the show came to being. There's there seems to be like uh, a hypocrisy between like our ideals of freedom, and then on the financial front, many people are like are not feeling that, especially when it comes to the inflation and like the levels of debt that they have. Which brings me to like the next question I want to ask you: What are your viewpoints around inflation and debt, like the inflation that's happening around uh, across the country right now. And also your concept of how, how you view debt.
1: Well, <clears throat> you know, we do know what causes inflation. <laughs> you know, it's like,
0: <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, you know, the, yeah, I, I
1: mean, you know, it's like um, you could think, Oh, we're suddenly now, you, you know, In a period of inflation, or oh, we're suddenly now two quarters, and we're in a recession. And you know, I kind of look at that and I think it nothing suddenly just happened. We know the patterns, we know the cycles, we know what gets us in this situation.
0: Like when when people are looking at their savings account, right? Like they have the same amount of money, but now they can buy fewer and fewer goods. Like that makes them poor. That makes them like it takes away their freedom on the financial front, right?
1: Exactly, and it's um you know to me it's a, a it's a horrific um situation that we find ourselves in. And here's kind of the thing I would say is that, you know, right down to the community level, who we're voting for in in our um, school politics, who we're voting for in a local politics, who we're electing into positions in our um, state uh, politics, and, and then governmental politics, all of those things matter. And I think if ever... We've seen a time, at least in, in my history, since I've been, in you know, a voting, it's, it, this is a time to recognize that all of that matters. All of that matters. You can't just wait for, oh, it's a presidential election, so maybe I'll get out and vote. No, all the, your local community matters. Um, how we, our school boards matter, right? Because how are we training our children to have the values of recognizing that they can grow up to be and, and whoever they want to be and how they want to do it and have that personal freedom and express themselves as well. So I think, at, um, you know, starting from, from very local politics on up our we have to be involved in, in expressing our voice, because if we're sitting here and we don't like the fact that we're in inflation and, and possibly recession, um, we need to look at who we put in charge of making those kinds of policies.
0: No, totally.
1: Right? So, uh, because why? Because it's not, it, it, they didn't just happen. We know how it happens and we know the kinds of decisions that are being made that creates those situations. And so we need to be very conscientious that we're aware of the kind of people that we're putting in those positions of power to make those de- decisions on behalf of our country.
0: Yeah, totally, like in the last few years, we've seen like a lot of deterioration in the economy, but not just that, also in the family unit and also government. Where do you think America is headed, and should we be optimistic about the future or not?
1: Personally, I am optimistic I'm very optimistic because I see these amazing first of all, I work with a lot of different entrepreneurs, right and I work um, you know I have that's my world and and to me that's kind of the hope of the future really right because we create value in the marketplace we um and a lot of that value is brought right into the local community where businesses are run and where you're doing business um i think more than any any uh group of people i think um entrepreneurs also have a sense of uplifting humanity in different ways. They create technologies that are very uplifting to humanity. They give back in ways that are unbelievably beautiful. Um, They empower each other. So I think it's an amazing community. I think that's the uh, hope for America's future, uh, for sure. And so I think the more we can be doing things like what you're doing, right, is Getting out and talking to about people, encouraging if you if you want to start your own business, how to be successful, teaching them the skills that they need, as well as some of the mindset encouragement that sometimes people need. But you know, bringing that into the entrepreneurial world, it's it's those businesses that have all made America what it is, and will continue to make America what it is, in my opinion. And so I have a lot of hope. I do think that the bifurcation that we're seeing and the you know the Extremes that we're seeing um, may get worse over the next couple of years before it gets better, um, but I definitely think that it will get better. It will. It, yeah, I think that there'll be uh, a point in time when uh, we'll reach that what I call right. You've heard this, the tipping point, point. Mm-hmm. and I think there will be enough entrepreneurs when enough business people, business leaders, entrepreneurs, people who actually create wealth and value in the, in the economy, right? Um, when we get to that tipping point of 51% or whatever it has to be, the economy will change. The leadership of, this, of the United States, America will change. And I think we'll, we will um, create an even more powerful presence in the world in an appropriate way than ever before.
0: No, I totally agree with you. And it all starts with us, right? Like having this discussion, like even with our audience, like inspiring our audience to know that it is entrepreneur, it is the entrepreneurial mindset and thoughts and actions. It's creating businesses that's going to create and help the economy versus just like policies in the government where like you have high taxation or whatever. Like you have to do things that encourage other people to start businesses and of like trying to stop that. And that's uh, that's something that we have to do uh like uh, like on the community level, you know
1: absolutely, so you know again, I mean, things like this, what you're doing, the conversations that we're having really it's it is if we as a as a community of entrepreneurs can support each other and uplift each other and and help them help each other become so successful in whatever their endeavor is. Um, To me, that's that's the golden key. I mean, that's that's what's going to unlock and unleash the literally when you started this podcast here today, you talked about, you know, freedom, the pursuit of happiness. It's going to start with that. It's going to start with that. And the most generous people in the world happen to be entrepreneurs. It doesn't come from big big business. Generosity comes from the, the hearts of entrepreneurs, creating value, creating jobs giving back into the community. And that's, that to me is, you know, that's why I always love to come back to America because that's what America stands for, for me.
0: No, I totally agree. Yeah. So Cynthia, uh, I know you, Darren, uh you told us about Radiant Blue LLC and also incremental, monumental change. Can you tell us the foundations, like what prompted you to start both of these?
1: So. Radiant Blue is a management consulting firm. We work with a lot of technology companies. We work with big industry defense contractors, and we go in and we help them with their strategies. We help them build their business. We work with uh, smaller technology companies that are are uh, have something some amazing technology that we that wants to uh, bring it to the market and scale their business. Um, so that's a Um, more of a traditional consulting firm from a perspective of um, helping to build businesses, grow businesses, do strategy. We, um, uh, and, and we, we help them in a very competitive environment. So our clients are usually competing with other people in the industry. And we work with our clients to make sure what I say is they are the obvious choice. So for, our clients, we we help them position their their there. business, their products um, rise to the top when it comes to performance and and how they perform. And so <clears throat> that to me is a uh, is a company that I started in two thousand fourteen, and um, I brought my partner in a couple of years later, and we'll continue to grow that company. We we um, have a number of folks that we um, uh, have out at different clients, right? So we have a a whole group of consultants that work uh, with us. And so they're engaged at various businesses. And then incremental monumental change was kind of spun off when we started working with entrepreneurs and leaderships to really not only show them some of the basics of things that they need to do in business and how to be better but a lot of it is how to really get your head wrapped around what it is that you're about to do, so if you, and I always say this, if you have a dream that's bigger than where you are today, then that's what we want to work with you on, right? because if it's something that's so much bigger than where you are today and it's so much bigger than what you can do by yourself, you're gonna to have to enroll other people in doing it, then you're gonna need a team around you to help you do it, and you're gonna to have to think about strategy different because if you have an idea that's that's you, you know, a dream, a vision of what you want to go create, then the same old kind of strategic planning processes I was talking about before, those don't work for you. No, you've got to get in the mindset of how do I, how do I actually create this? Mm-hmm. Because it's not been done before. Yeah. And so much of that, as you know, Cosmos, is a mindset. It's a thought process, right? It's a how do I line myself up to that? How do I access that higher intuition and use that as an asset for me as opposed to some flawed logic of data that's 10 years old
0: I would definitely I would definitely want to recommend uh, incremental monumental change to like my to my, my audience because I think it's all it's the right thing to do like regards to thought process and everything
1: yeah so check out the website my website is incremental monumental change and it talks about what we do and the process of how we do it and it's just it's um, it's immersive. It's engaging, and it's it's just a a beautiful way of helping. You know, when we talked about um, one of the very first things is to get really clear on what you want. This, totally, it really it really um, separates the wheat from the shaft, right? I mean, so entrepreneurs have the opportunity to really get clarity, and when you have that clarity, right, it gets back to how our brain works, right? When we focus on something, all of a sudden, everything starts to line up and you start seeing the opportunities that you never would have seen saw before. You start experiencing things that you didn't ex- know that lined up to where it is that you're going.
0: That's what I love about the about the incremental change. It's all about like showing people how to do entrepreneurship and like get uh, and like get into that path the first way. So I really love that, you know. So is there any other work that you're doing right now that you'd like to, the audience and us to get a glimpse of at this point of time?
1: I would say check out um, the website, Incremental Monumental Change, and it will just give you some ideas and thoughts about what's possible for you and for your business and for where you know wherever you are in your business and whether it's, it's getting cl- really clear or you may be saying, hey, Cynthia, I'm so clear. This is what I want to do. I have a whole... I have a heart for it, but I just don't even know where to go next. I don't know where to start. Well, we help you with that. And that's kind of part of the the process that, um, you know, when I started experiencing it and learning how to apply it for myself and my own business, it was amazing. And I just had a heart and a passion to start sharing that with others. And so you'll see that out there. Um, and I am working on a book and my book is, um, so I'm going to be, um, doing some interviews and something like this actually, and talking to other people because the book I'm writing is the the working title is, um, uh, corporate consciousness and the bottom line, Mm -hmm. because I really believe that in business, we can, we can have the, we can have the, the science of achievement. We can have the art of fulfillment. We can have it both. And, and see an amazing impact to our bottom line and our life. Totally. So uh, yeah, so it's just really my own experience of putting that piece together.
0: Okay, so I know that you uh, you mentioned the website again, like the incrementalmodemchange dot com. So what, other than that, how can, how can our audience connect with you and get to know, uh, like uh, like reach out to you if they if they have to.
1: Perfect. My email is cynthia dot cynthia dot com. So certainly connect to me by uh, email. Um, if you want to check out our management firm, Radiant Blue, RadiantBlueGroup.com dot com is our website for uh, the consulting firm, uh, Radiant Blue uh, Consulting. And um, so either either way, you can contact me through either of those, either of those websites. And for my um, this was actually, I'll just throw this out there because um, I'm thinking about going into another publication, another print of this. This is the very first book I wrote. It's called um, In Search of Wisdom. And Cosmo, I wrote this book when I left the corporate world and I needed to figure out where to go and what to do and how to do it. And it was my own search for wisdom into how to bring about the combination of I wanted to have success and wealth and all of those things that I didn't have as a child, but I also needed a sense of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote this book as the six master keys to live the life that you want and deserve. And my dear friend, Bob Proctor wrote the forward to the book for me. And um, so if anybody's interested in the book, they can contact me and I'd be glad to send them a copy.
0: That's awesome. So I would have to conclude the interview over here. Uh, Cynthia, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come to the show. And we would like to have you back uh, into the show. Like you're an extraordinary American and you have actually inspired a lot of people. And there's a lot of women entrepreneurs out there that can actually be inspired by your story and that they can apply this to their own life. And it's also part of the greater extraordinary American story. So I'm glad that you came to the show and we would like to have you back at some point.
1: Wow, Coswell, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. What a pleasure. I appreciate it. And thanks for letting me share some of the things that are so important to me. And I hope that in some way it did touch others and gives them the courage to just move forward and trust themselves.
0: Totally. I'd like to conclude by saying to my fellow extraordinary Americans that, hey, that there's an extraordinary within each and every one of us. And it's our job to uh, to empower and unleash them. So until next time, bye for now.
1: Bye. Right. Thanks. Kazo.
0: Hey there, everyone. Thank you for watching Story America. If you like what you see, please do subscribe to our podcast and share it with others. Remember that the best investment that you can make in your lifetime is in your own financial education, for it is knowledge that truly sets you free. Also remember that uh, your purchasing power is being diluted through inflation. And then the practical thing to do is to protect the loss of your purchasing power by investing in precious metals or the right cryptocurrencies also never forget that you are an extraordinary american we'll see you in the next episode bye for now